Welcome to Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. I'm mic'd up too. Are you mic'd up? <laughs> hey, where, where, listen, this guy got a big old head. Big old head. Still mic'd up? No, they turned it off. They just turned it off because the jokes was terrible. They're like, oh, we got to cut this out. I had a whole world laughing. Down laughing. LOL. L-M-A-O. Wide receiver Laquan Treadwell mic'd up last week. A big week coming up for him as we get ready for the third preseason game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Welcome into Jaguars Drive Time on a Thursday coming off the practice field, the last day of training camp here in Jacksonville. Ashlyn Sullivan and Brian Sexton here with you. It has been a time at the Episcopal School of Jacksonville. We are ready to move on, I think. Bid them adieu. Yes. Yes. They were lovely. Yes. But we were out there three weeks. Yes. And I said, goodbye. You know, it it never fails. Uh, This was my 29th training camp, and I always am excited for it to start. Yep. And excited for it to end. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's all those days out there, you're looking at the same guys doing the same drills over and over and over and trying to interpret so we can share, well, I think this guy's really playing well. And then you talk to a coach, like, yeah, that's not so well. Look who we had him matched up with. Look who we had him next to. What we're really looking is this. And this, you're like, well, okay. Yeah. Um, so you want to get into game situations because when you have the game tape, it doesn't lie. It doesn't lie, especially with joint practice as well coming up next week with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, That's definitely that. going to change things up and help us get some observations of you're not going against your same guy every single oh, day. No, absolutely. And to start to see some of their, you know, they've got some talented guys on the offensive side of the ball. So to be able to see how this defense matches up, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, let's get into big things. Big thing one is a furnace. It has been incredibly hot in Jacksonville and it is only going to get hotter in Atlanta next week as the Jaguars will practice the Falcons at 1 o'clock in the afternoon for joint practice. This is when we see battles won and guys separate themselves of the dog days of training camp. Offensive coordinator Press Taylor has a lot of thoughts on that right tackle battle. Great position to be in because both those guys have played so well. They continue to push each other. So, I mean, for the for the foreseeable future, we'll just continue to rotate those guys and, and see. Uh, right now they're pushing each other and making each other better. So it's a good problem to have. Um, and we'll just continue that process until we need to make a decision on that. Big thing too, Trevor talks. Trevor spoke to the media yesterday and offense struggling greatly yesterday. Probably the worst day that we've seen from this offense yesterday, but they bounced back today. A lot of completions to Zay Jones, especially. And Trevor Lawrence knows those slow days are bound to happen. Have to go again, another long practice, a lot of competing. Um, I thought offensively we came out a little slow, found our spots here and there, but it's got to be a little bit more consistent. I thought the defense really was getting after it today. They're flying around, they did a good job. So um, overall, you know, it's a good day of competing. I think we got to be a little sharper on offense, but um, yeah, it was good to see the guys finish that because that, that was a long one today. And big thing three is the last day, like we said, the last day of training camp at the Episcopal School of Jacksonville as we get ready to go to Atlanta next week. And it's very obvious the atmosphere in this building during this training camp has been very different. Assistant General Manager Ethan Waugh agrees. It's a very similar feeling. So when I when I got here in May and just kind of walking around, I didn't even know you know where the office was, where the draft room was, any of those things. But you kind of bump into players in the hallway, you bump into coaches, you have that feeling. Um, and so that's that doesn't happen very often in football. I think you kind of you when you feel it, you know it. And that's that's what I felt. I do think there's a, a really good atmosphere in the building. 
Ethan Waugh talking about very similar to his time in San Francisco when you feel a rebuild coming on and moving in the right direction. He said it's pretty rare for you to be able to feel that, obviously. He right. said he kind of noticed that as soon as he stepped in this building. The word is professional, right? And and, and that's not a, a slight at the former coach, though I think you know I'd take as many shots as I could. Um, when I say professional, what I'm talking about is guys come to work and they handle their own business, right? They're on time. They take good notes. They're on the practice field early and staying late. They're asking good questions. You know, they're taking care of their bodies with the trainer. As a coach or a general manager or scouting staff, you don't have to worry about it. Guys are coming and getting work done. And that's that's how I would describe this whole camp. It was very workmanlike. Uh, they were professional. They came in with that approach. There wasn't anything that made you think, yeah, this is not an, um, this is an immature team. It's not. It's young. It's youthful. And Doug has said that over and over, how young this team is. But they're young professionals, and I thought the way that Doug and Trent and their staffs worked with the, the players this year, um, that this training camp got a lot done. Absolutely. And even when you see it across Twitter especially, you see at this point at camp and we see it everywhere, the, the chippiness, the fighting, it just happens when you spend this much time together. Yeah. And I will say while there were some little scuffles here and there, it was Cook Peterson saying, like, all right, let's get that out of the way and let's yeah. go back it's to It's not work. a nice game, no. actually. And I mean, it's, I mean you, you, in the heat, you, in you're competing for a job and you're competing against somebody, yeah. I mean, you, it's going to get the best of you from time to time. Um, but I always go back to the big fight we had here between Mo Williams and uh, John Henderson in the summer of 2009. It was nothing like that. Right. right? That, that never got out of control. Right. And you know they're going to happen. Right. But I love how Coach Peterson understood, okay, this is going to happen. And all right, right. let's move on. Like, you know, they're there. <laughs> you could see in Trevor, um, as he walked over after practice yesterday, and yesterday was, was the dog day yeah, of camp. Yeah, you felt it yesterday. Yeah, you could see. His body language was different than it normally is. Uh, you could sense frustration. You could sense some exhaustion because it was brutally hot. Um, and I thought he was very candid with what he wants this offense to be. Um, and he needed to be able to step up and to say that and set the tone. Now, you know, can they pull their way through it in a day? Um, you know, they weren't in full pads today. It wasn't the same kind of practice. It didn't go as long. Yeah, very different. So, yeah, they looked a little bit better. Um, but it's Saturday night that matters, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. You hope to see a little bit more energy. And, and you should. Mm -hmm. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers coming in. Whenever the Steelers come, you know you better bring your A physical game because that's what they pride themselves on, mm -hmm. is being the more physical team every down. Right, and Coach Peterson gave us some insight today in his press conference that the starters will most likely go into the second quarter, a couple series into right. the second quarter. So they're going to play a good amount, and he especially said that offense, he wants to see them score early. Right. And all the mistakes we saw last week, fix them, and then you can get on the bench. Well, what you hope is that the Steelers play most of their starters. And it's a true test. Going, but it's only their second preseason game, so they may be a little mm – -hmm. You know, more hesitant. They may want to play guys in all three games to get the maximum time on the field. You, you don't know what Mike Tomlin's going to do. I do want to go back up at the top, and you talked about the furnace, right? Um, and that battle at right tackle has been the battle. Yep. And the word on the field at camp is that Juwan Taylor played much better than they may have even expected him to play, getting his first real action last week. And that that battle is neck and neck. Now, to me, I have seen Walker Little play really well, although not so much the last day or two. Um, Juwan Taylor's really coming on. It's a hell of a battle going on It there. really is. So what you've got is depth. Because mm -hmm. one of those guys is going to be your starter, and the other's going to be the swing tackle. And what a great problem to have. 100%. <laughs> yeah. So when people worry about depth, and there are some places on this roster where it's thin, it's not going to be on the offensive line. No. You're going to have chance. guys that can play multiple positions and slide around, and you're going to have depth.
And even with that guard spot as well, if Ben Barch wins it and Tyler Shatley's your backup, right. that's a great place to be. Well, he's as well. also your backup center. Right. Right. So you've got you've got options. You'd like to find another guard, mm-hmm. you know, have another guy you can count on. Um, and there are a couple of young prospects that they like, developmental guys that you can bring along. Uh, I think Nick Ford, right there, you see him on the screen, is one of those guys that, that they have high hopes for played at Utah. Um, so, yeah, what you think you know when you're watching preseason practice and preseason games isn't always what you know because when the coaches then explain what they were doing and how they were pairing guys and what sort of scenarios in the second quarter against the second team, you know, I mean, they look at all of those. They're looking at very specific guys in very specific situations mm-hmm. as opposed to a full game plan in a regular season game. It's, it's different than that. Right, and I thought with this battle especially, I thought by the third preseason game come this Saturday – okay, you know your guy. You'd have a feeling. But I love when offensive coordinator Press Taylor, you heard from him in the beginning of the show, said we're not in any rush because they don't have to be. Well, Either guy is the right option. Sure. It's just who can pull away. And they don't have to be in a rush. Well, to and for, what, for what we do to have a strong opinion, right, I think Walker Little's the guy or I think that Juwan Taylor's the guy. I mean, that's, that's what people who watch this want to know. But the coaches think, completely different than that because they just want to see who rises to the occasion right. and with two guys like that what's the old adage iron sharpens iron right uh it gives them a chance to have a better football player as the number two it's going to be interesting yep. and we'll find out more this saturday about who's running out with first team yeah and we'll and, all and, jot it down but even then i wouldn't let it go too far in your evaluation because they're it, tricking me well i mean you may think juan taylor plays outstanding then walker little may go out and and play the game of his life right in his reps against um against the Steelers, and then you just don't know. Yeah, change everything. They got time. Yeah, we're going to tune in. That's to say the least. All right, that is big things. When we come back on Jaguars drive time, some he will, he won't, he might, going into this third preseason game. Suddeth is Jacksonville's trusted and reliable moving company. Suddeth is proud to be the official moving company of the Jacksonville Jaguars. To get a stress-free quote, call 904-638-7536 or visit suddeth.com. We're back, Jaguars drive time on a Thursday, coming off the training camp field and getting ready for a preseason game in Jacksonville on Saturday. We're going to see a lot of the starters play. We're going to see these two guys play. He will, he won't, he might. Brian, who you got? I'm going with cornerback Tyson Campbell, who has had a terrific camp. The best. So I'm going to say he's going to be a top performer in training camp, uh, top performer in 2022. I want to say he's going to be a star because he's, he's flashing star potential, mm-hmm. right? He's explosive. Uh, he is highly competitive. Highly competitive. He's got all the physical measurables you could possibly want. He's not as big as Jalen Ramsey or as long as Jalen Ramsey, but he's pretty close, right? And he's a guy that is so quiet, you wonder if he's got that particular level in him. Yeah, he does, and we've seen him. So I'll, I'll go with top performer and a guy who makes plays all over the field and people talk about, and then we'll see if he evolves to that, that elite echelon. Uh, in his third or fourth season. Top performer this year. He won't look lost with the ball in the air. You remember last year? Yeah. Uh, early on, he just seemed like he was getting by on his his athleticism and didn't have the instincts. Now you can see the work in the weight room, on the field, in the classroom, with the coaches has paid off. He is as comfortable in his position as I think the quarterback is in his, mm-hmm. right? So he will not look lost with the ball in the air. And, and finally, he might be a guy whose name is mentioned with – Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Boye, and Rasheen Mathis as the best three corners to ever play here in Jacksonville. I, I get it, right? He's only played one season. 
But you can see the physical attributes. You can see the mental focus on the game. And you can see where he's a guy who's got everything it takes and the desire. That's what's so important. He's got the desire to be great. And so I think, I think when you look at the best corners at, by the end of the season, he might have his name right there with the best. Maybe not past him, right? Maybe not on their level because Jalen Ramsey's the best corner in the game today. That's a lot to ask. Uh, people forget how good Rasheen Mathis was. And I look at this kid and I think, okay, maybe you can be that good too. I know. I don't even think it's that far from a maybe. Our coworkers make fun of me because I do a training camp report every single day as we come off the field yeah. and we have a play of the day. And I swear, I think Tyson Campbell has been 90% yeah. of my plays of the day, but I can't help it because that's how good he looks on the field. Right. I got to give it to him. And it's incredible when you hear defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell say he has the potential to float the number one receiver of yes. every team. Right. Could you imagine if said that last October? No, no, you, no, <laughs> it's you wouldn't. It's crazy have. the you turnaround. Wouldn't. Because even when Jalen Ramsey was here, they didn't do that with Jalen in right. the early days, right? Because they had Boye, right? Um, but Jalen wanted to do that. He wanted desperately to do that, and they didn't always do it. Mm -hmm. And this is a guy who I don't know that he cares whether he does that or not. He just wants to go out and play. Rasheen holds the team record for takeaways, right? Interceptions, and he, he did it in big moments, big, mostly against the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger hated Rasheen. <laughs> um, that's what I want to see from this kid this year. When there's an opportunity for you to either blow the game open or get back into the game, Rasheen always made a play. That's what we want to see from Tyson. Can yeah. he be that guy when the heat is on? He is so easy to root for when you oh. see him working. And he so easily could have put his yes. head in the sand and given up when everyone was against him yep. last year. And he did the complete opposite. Nice guys win. Yep. And he's a nice he's guy. He's a great example yes, of that. Yes, he is. All right. I have LaVisca Chenault Jr. as my hero. He wants he might for Saturday's game. He will play a good bit, especially in the second half. when we know the first team receivers will go out into the second quarter. When they go off, it's LaVisca Chenault's time to shine. It is a battle right now with LaCron Schwebel for that fifth spot if they keep six receivers I think LaVisca Chenault is safe but this is a battle that is worth paying attention to and we will see a good bit of him on Saturday he won't have that big explosive play and I think a lot of times last season we asked of him to be that big explosive play guy truthfully I don't think that's what they want from him anymore we haven't really seen that in training camp that explosion down the sidelines he's more of the guy the after-the-catch guy with blockers up the field. He's making an impact that way. And I think maybe it was the role he wasn't supposed to be in last year. I don't really know what happened there last year, but I think now he's in the right spot to make an impact. And he might be the prominent kickoff returner under Jamal Agnew, of course. When Jamal Agnew's the guy, he's the guy. But LaVisca Chenault went to Coach Peterson a couple months ago and said, I want to try kickoff return. And I give it to him. They're using him a ton in training camp in that role and credit to him for saying, I want to do more. It looks like that's going to pay off. You know, we um, we knock his lack of speed. He does not have top end speed as, as most people he's have seen. He's a big seen. dude, yeah. But he's a terrific athlete now. Yeah. I mean, he's six foot one. he's 220 pounds, and he's light on his feet, uh, very athletic, you know, runs, jumps, does all that stuff. So I think that the coaching staff has an idea even though they're not sharing it. And why would they? Why would you tell anybody before the Washington game how you're going to use this guy? Yeah. But we've seen some things on the practice field, just little glimpses of how they want to use him. Now, he's got to buy into it, right? He's got to accept the fact that he's not that down-the-field guy that he was Wide at the University one. of Colorado, yeah. Colorado, right, in the, uh, the Pac-12. If he buys in and takes the role, uh, 
those guys can become stars in their own right. I mean, mm-hmm. guys that are featured on all the network highlight shows because, hey, look at what they did with him out of the backfield throwing a touchdown pass. Right. Oh, he's got that ability to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got to take that next step and own the role, right? Talking with someone today about him, when he decides to own the role, he could be really, really good at it. No, that makes so much sense because if you look at someone like Marvin Jones, you see how different they are. You see yeah. how they could never be the same type of receiver. Right. And a lot of times last year, that's what LaVisca was asked to do is go opposite Marvin and go downfield. And we didn't see success. No. So now if he's in the right position. If you're the defensive coordinator, where are you shading the safety? Right. To Marvin Jones, right. whose speed was not threatening to a defense. I mean, you didn't have to worry about LaVisca on the other side. Mm-hmm. But if you have to worry about him lining up in the slot, in the backfield, coming, you know. God knows where. He's yeah. not Debo Samuel, but the, the way the Niners use Debo Samuel in a number of different ways and out of the backfield in particular, all of a sudden you've got to start game planning. Where's 10? What might he be? What does he do from the backfield? What does he do from the slot? Right, you got to start thinking about it. Right, where is he lined up now? Yeah. There, not a burner, but a good, Which good is a athlete. compliment in this case, yeah. yeah. Because imagine that and Travis Etienne and Jamal Agnew and Christian Kirk and where are all these he guys. He can be one up? of those chess pieces that mm-hmm. creates confusion. Absolutely, and that is he will, he won't, he might. When we come back, some coverage from today's training camp practice at Episcopal School of Jacksonville. The last one here in Jacksonville. We'll be back for Jaguars Drive Time. Fields Auto Group of Jacksonville, step up to luxury, fieldsauto.com. We're back, Jaguars drive time on a Thursday coming off the training camp field and a lot to discuss with this practice, the last one in Jacksonville. We heard from head coach Doug Peterson as well as number one overall draft pick Trayvon Walker. And something we haven't gotten to yet in the show is the release of Malcolm Brown yesterday afternoon. This says a lot about Jay Tufele and head coach Doug Peterson explains the release. You know, we've got some young ascending players, quite honestly, that uh, that that have really kind of caught our attention, caught our eye. There's there's some nice competition there with you know with Izzy and Jay and some of the other you know moves we can do. And so it's just a it's a tough decision, obviously. Um, we've done this before, but um, you know Malcolm was was great for this team, great for the room, great for leadership here uh, for the for the time he was here and wish him well and and obviously now it's an opportunity that he can you know uh potentially get picked up by another team and there you have it the release of malcolm brown yesterday a bit of a surprise when it came through just because we've seen malcolm browns be so successful here in jackson be such a big piece on this defensive line but i totally hear what coach peterson is saying look at j2 Fale. look at these young guys coming up and look at malcolm brown's cap hit as well right well when they were trading for for malcolm brown last year they knew it would be short term Mm -hmm. and and of course they followed that up drafting Jay Tufele on Saturday, the, uh, the, the fourth-round pick. Right. So he's a guy that started slow, though. I mean, Jay did not have a great game in Canton against the Raiders, and so they needed to see more from him. Uh, but there's also the young man from Oklahoma State, Israel Antoine, that they, uh, that they like a lot. And, and Doug mentioned, you know, it's becoming a young man's game. It's always been a young man's game, right? It's always been younger, and, and, and since the salary cap era, if you're younger and cheaper, cheaper. now you— you don't pass up a guy um, if he's a much better player. Mm-hmm. But what they're saying is Tufele showing them what they need. They like the kid from Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Here he comes. Um, I'll always remember Malcolm Brown for the block that he laid to free Jamal Agnew on that uh, that, that, that kick. <laughs> I've never yep. seen a big man move so no, fast. No, I mean, yep. he, in my mind, 
his block was the one that sealed it because he got the angle. I mean, you see him just all out pursuit. He's 300 pounds and he's 30 yards up the field and he lays a block on a linebacker who might have been able to dive, right? And he and, and Brown dove at the same time and cut him off. It was beautiful. The best big man block that I can recall uh, in watching the Jaguars for 28 uh, you're years. You're so right. I completely forgot about that. But I remember watching that highlight and going, oh my gosh, right. look at, I've never seen it, someone move so quick in my life. Meanwhile, it's Malcolm Brown. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you're you know, so and, and, and it, it's, it's a bit of a surprise, right? Because I asked Josh Allen, hey, tell me somebody we shouldn't for, be forgetting about on the defensive line. There's all this talk about Trayvon and Josh, right? And and for good reason, we've talked about Foley Fatukasi. Um, and he immediately went, he goes, Malcolm. He said, this was early in camp. He said, you know, Malcolm's had a good offseason. He's a big, strong guy. He's a guy we need. Well, it, it tells you how far Tufele mm-hmm. and, and the rookie from Oklahoma State have come if they're, they're comfortable letting Malcolm walk, but especially in Doug Peterson's first year, right. right? This is a long-term perspective from them. Do they want to win this year? Absolutely want to win this year. But are they making moves for next year and the year after? For sure. Right. And wondering, is it worth keeping this guy who's very expensive on our salary cap when there isn't that huge difference between the next two guys? 100%. Right. That makes sense. All right. That prominent right tackle position that we have talked all about between Walker Little and Jawan Taylor, the head coach, gave his comments on that today. It's an interesting battle. Um, you know, I think I think this game will be important for both both players. Um you know, and, and I, I like how Jawan's responded coming off the injury and, and how he's how he played last week and how he's practiced. Walker's done done an outstanding job as well. So it's very interesting, you know, for us. Um, we're kind of in a good spot with it because you, you can kind of go either way and, and, and the other guy can be the swing tackle or, or whatever. So um, I think this week will be important. And then even when we go to Atlanta and practice against Atlanta will be another another good opportunity for both of them. I thought that spoke volumes, the very last part of that, um, what Coach Peterson was saying, that it's not just Saturday, it's Atlanta as well, and we're still going to be evaluating this next week in a joint practice. Well, Atlanta probably – you're not going to see a whole lot of of T.J. Watt. You know, I mean, there's – I wouldn't play him at all if I were Mike Tomlin, right? I mean, you talk about maybe the best pass rusher, outside pass rusher in the game. But when you get into the practice situations with these joint practices now, now – you're, you're maximizing. You're going to make sure that your number one pass rusher gets so many reps against the Jaguars if you're the Falcons. Okay, and, and if you know that's coming, well, then you're the Jaguars. You're going, okay, I'm, I've got four reps with this guy. I want two and two, mm-hmm. right? Or I want to see more from Juwan, so i got three and one. Um, these joint practices are in many respects, and I think Bill Belichick actually said that this week. I think in many respects they are more important than the preseason games because – Everything's you, controlled. 100%. Right. It's controlled. So from a safety perspective, it helps you get your guys healthy. But like this kid here, Ford, right? You want to see him line up against the best defensive tackle that he can possibly line up. And if he screws up, let's do it again. Blow the whistle. Do it again. You want to be able to put guys in specific situations for your evaluation and for their growth. And I, you just can't do that in a preseason game. No. Because you have no control over the, the ball's got to go your field. way. Yeah. Right. Oh, he's out. Yeah. Okay. Well, we only got two reps. You there didn't goes do well. my evaluation. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So they got to make the most of this time next week. Mm-hmm. Someone who will be evaluated as well, but for much different reasons, is Trayvon Walker, yep. who's going to play a good bit on Saturday, and is also going to go back to his hometown of Atlanta next week. He said a lot of family is coming to the game. I don't know how much, if any, we're going to see him against the Falcons. But in joint practice, we'll see him, and we're going to see him get all those reps at outside linebacker.
Uh, definitely. That was my main goal coming in. That all they wanted me to do is just focus on this one position. Once I get everything down, like the game, like the game of football, I already have that. So it, everything just comes along with knowing my one position. <laughs> I love that. The game of football, I got. Now I just have to be good at one thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, in the in the era of four preseason games, Saturday night the starters would go into the third quarter. Right? They would go to halftime and then come out of the halftime locker room, and that's a practice, right, to be able to transition transition and and the momentum and then pull them out. And Doug said today that he wanted to see his guys go into the second quarter. So he's telling you he wants to see just enough from them, just a little bit more, and he wants to see some more from the defense. He said that today as well. Uh, More time on the field with those guys together. And then if you see anybody in Atlanta, I would be stunned. I just I can't imagine why you have a chance to have them have a really good hard practice so guys are going to be you know, tired maybe yeah. sore and then you have two full weeks to get ready for the trip to Washington and opening day so I guess it's a roundabout way of saying Saturday night and next Wednesday and Thursday in Atlanta that's it that's it for the starters mm-hmm. so the furnace the heat is on for those two jobs at left guard and right tackle it's now the time is now yep. let's see who wins it so true and you think about James Robinson or Devin Lloyd to now them saying okay they're ruled out for Saturday well it makes total sense because now they have three weeks right. to get ready for week one yeah. and why would you ever risk that no and, and Lloyd's a guy I think they expect to get onto the practice field in in an in, in enlarged role next week they want to see him um I still don't think you're going to see James Robinson for the start of the season I mean, I know yeah, he wants to. Yeah, you're at the to. point where you have to wonder that. Um, Coach Peterson said the expectation, and I like how he said this is the expectation. Well, they said it for him to be – because he's told them, I want to play. So they said, well, this is what you have to get. But I still think because he's such a productive playmaker. I mean, you look at what – what has he scored? 17, 18 rushing touchdowns in 28 games. You can wait. They've got some guys. I talked to Bernie Parmalee, the running backs coach today. If they have to wait on him, they're really comfortable with some of those guys that they've got behind him. And so you want to make sure that when you put him out there, he can protect himself and then he can be productive. He can get to the end zone. Right. He can do those things. No reason to rush it. The Achilles is a major injury. Mm-hmm. And at this point, what's two more weeks? You know? Right. Hey, <laughs> if, if you have to wait till October 1st yeah. to get him or even November 1st to get him back. Now, and he, back 100%. Well, right. as close to 100% as you get, you know, three years in the league with an Achilles. I mean, right. those guys will tell you. You're never quite the same. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And that is our top storylines from Thursday's training camp practice. When we come back on Jaguars Drive Time, some closing thoughts. Pet Paradise, the official pet care provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars, book today at PetParadise.com. We're back, Jaguars Drive Time, for one more segment, getting ready for a third preseason game against the Steelers in Jacksonville Saturday night at 7 o'clock. Brian Sexton will be on the preseason broadcast with Bucky Brooks and Brent Martineau. Looking forward to it. We have production meetings coming up, I suppose. Uh, Those are tomorrow. So I I know the coach will be there. I'm not sure exactly who the players are. It's just a great opportunity to get their perspective. There's no cameras on. It's not necessarily on the record or off the record. It's just a little perspective on background. Yeah. maybe some of the things we've seen and how they feel and stories. And I mean, that's what you get into the second half of a preseason game, right? <laughs> and you, it, it's all storytelling. Yeah. It's all storytelling. So we have to have our stories ready. And just wait till next week in Atlanta. Yeah. I love, I mean, I, I love I love the play-by-play. I enjoy it so much. So I enjoy it, but I, will, I won't lie. You get into the, you know, like six minutes to go in the fourth quarter. 
it can be a grind. Yeah. It, it, it's a grind to watch, I know. Now, it's not for those guys because those are – That's everything that's, to them. Yep. It's everything to them because they don't know whether that's their last ever snap in an NFL game. Um, they don't know what opportunities are there. So you kind of have to focus on those stories. But it's uh, – we can complain. We're, you know, reporters standing out on the practice field. Oh, it's so hot. and Oh, it can be boring. I'm very good at that, yeah. Uh, but you forget that um, the story, the storytelling – is the important part, and people want to hear it. Absolutely. They I caught know. myself complaining actually yesterday with how hot it was on the practice field, and I had to stand out there for two and a half hours, and I was sweating and just yeah. so miserable. Did you I, not know to go around and find the shade? And then I looked behind me, and I saw the dehydration tent. Yeah. And a couple guys full. in there, and I said, you know what? I'm going to stop complaining. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> As I go and I grab an ice-cold Gatorade. And I just stand there and do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> all right, that is Jaguars Drive Time on a Thursday. Stay with us on Jaguars.com all week long. We'll have all of your game coverage on Saturday, and we'll be back with you Monday morning, bright and early.